of all, let's just define terms here. So the root word, right? Magna means great, and nimity means uh, soul, right? So literally, magnanimity is great soulness. And the virtue of mag magnanimity, it translates to, um, you can say, big soulness, greatness of soul. All right? I usually point to that like when I the men in my life that I know that that I just notice they just demand respect like they enter in a room there's just something about them that you look up to you want to you want to model yourself after them I I think of that's a magnanimous man greatness of soul somebody who just goes around and helps somebody carry coffee real quick you know like something like that <laughs> Oh, look at that. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. So, and so we hear a lot of the time, right, as, as Catholic men, of, we're called to be saints. We're called to be great. And I think we all have that sense or that feeling of from within us, a desire for greatness, to be great. And the other thing with that is I know I'm often not what I can be. I know that I'm, I'm often not what I, what I should be. And so it's this striving for greatness is at the heart of the virtue of magnanimity. Okay? So St. Thomas Aquinas describes magnanimity as a stretching forth of the mind to great things. So the magnanimous person seeks to do great acts. Things that are deserving of honor. So he says, Thomas Aquinas says, A man is magnanimous when he desires and is inclined to do great acts. So one thing we may struggle with when, we, when we're talking about the virtue of magnanimity, well, it's like, well, how does that, how's that a virtue? I mean, that doesn't sound like, it sounds like it could be a prideful man or somebody who's, who's, who is very prideful or is not humble. So having that, the habit of doing things worthy of honor, it's not for honor's sake, but it's because that it's an honorable thing to do, right? So, right, otherwise it would be a prideful thing. And the virtue of magnanimity wouldn't really be a virtue, right? Because one virtue doesn't bring down, doesn't, a virtue doesn't cause about a, a vice, right? So that's where, that's the distinction to make. And Aquinas, or Aquinas goes on further to say another reason why it's not opposed to humility is because the magnanimous person only pursues what he's capable of. So it's a distinction there of don't don't be a fool and do things and strive to do great things that you're not capable of doing, right? So we talked about before, another virtue we talked about was the virtue of studiousness, right? And so Aquinas was like, one of the things with, with studiousness that we looked at a few months ago was like, don't do things or strive to do things that you're just not capable of doing, right? So Aquinas brings that forth too with regards to magnanimity. All right, so today I just think of all the choices that we face, the question to ask ourselves is, do I consistently choose the things that will form me toward excellence and benefit others the most around me? We talked about Jordan Peterson um, here a couple of times. And so Jordan Peterson's got a thing where he, he says, we can't, we, we, we'll never fully comprehend the greatness of which 
I'm capable of. And he talks about the importance of every thing that you do and don't do. It's far more reaching, far more reaching than we could ever imagine, right? So he says, every person will know around 1,000 people in their life. And every one of those 1,000 people will know 1,000 people, which means you're one person away from a million and two people away from a billion people. So in other words, every action or non-action is this ripple effect right in a pond, right? And just, it's far more outward reaching, like our impact in life, than we could, we think so small with regards to our impact. And so magnanimous men don't allow themselves to become concerned with everything that comes along but rather only the great things suitable for him. Right, so we have a lot of good things that we can do on a, on a daily basis. So the prudential thing or the magnanimous man discerns wisely of what's the greatest things that I can do with my time. He seeks to do the greatest thing with our time. So I think, in, you know, just asking ourselves of things that come up and I think we're tempted oftentimes to think, of time-wise at any given time of what's the greatest thing that I could be doing, where, do, where, where does my mind fall in with regards to the outlook on prayer? Of like, where, how is prayer a priority in my life? Even spending time with my kids. And so Aquinas actually, he, he talks about a temptation with the magnanimous man is to think, Okay, so I'm going to, this magnanimous man, I got to do these great things or start this and start that. I got to do things that are someday going to be in history books. But Aquinas reminds us that an act is great even if it's small and ordinary. And Aquinas stresses, stresses this big, right? So especially maybe family life. Think family life. Think with your spouse. Think with your, with your kids. The magnanimity is oftentimes lived in small simple and quiet ways to be home to be better at home to be better with my spouse to be better with my kids or my co-workers overcoming sin or seeking to correct an imperfection in my life like that's no small feat and it requires the virtue of magnanimity maybe just last thing the the antithesis of the virtue of magnanimity is the vice of pusillanimity. Okay? So that's P-U-S-I-L-L-A-N-I-M-I-T-Y. So um, same thing. Nimity is soul and pusillan is for smallness. So Aquinas says pus- the pusillanimity pusillim- this man shies away from noble and arduous tasks because they will demand a lot of him. He instead pursues the path of least resistance, opting for whatever is easier. So Aquinas says that one man is tempted to be to fall into this line for two main reasons. One reason for for this man, he shrinks away from things because he's ignorant of his own qualification. So in other words, this man isn't fully aware and he doesn't live his life realizing that he's capable of doing great things. 
So he's not aware of his call, his call to greatness. That like God is calling all of us for greatness, to become saints. And so he lives his life like in this minute kind of way of thinking, not in terms of greatness all the time, that I'm called to, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he calls us to perfection. And we think of that and we balk away from that for a little bit. But we want to, I mean, are we going to reach perfection in this life? No. But to strive for it, right? This is the, this is the, the Christian cry, is the Catholic cry all the time, is to strive for greatness, to strive for perfection. And so this man, he's not aware that he's called to greatness. And then he's not, secondly, the second reason Aquinas says is that he's not aware of the grace that's at hand. He's not aware of the grace that, that's at his disposable, this disposal. So thinking of the, the grace that we receive in the Eucharist, thinking of the grace that we receive in confession. And so kind of like this defeat mentality. And then the last thing he says is one reason why a man strives for this is for the, feel, the fear of failure. All right, so he may know that he's got this call to greatness, but he gets locked up. He gets frozen. And one of the reasons why is because he has this fear of failure. He's attentive to this desire that the Lord's got in his heart. Like, I feel the Lord on my heart to do this great thing. But the inaction comes from, I've got this, this thought that what if I don't succeed? And then I'm, I'm going to look like a fool and then I fail. So I notice this. Like, I feel I've grown, grown a lot in this area, the two years as a priest. Like, this used to be a huge thing for me. It still is a huge, it still is a huge thing that I struggle with, is a, a fear of failure, right? One thing that helped, like, helped me overcome this is even something like Fit Shepherds, right? This, the Lord put on my heart an idea of this. I, I almost didn't even do it because I had this thought of, like, well, what if it's just a complete flop? And then I'm going to look like a fool. And I put myself out there and... This idea of fit shepherds doesn't work. And then, yeah, I mean, it's oftentimes it's rooted in pride, like a fear, fear of failure. So it can be many other things too. But like, let's be men that are, it's okay to fail. Let's be men that like, we're okay with being weak, right? Paul says that he stresses over, over and over again that the Lord loves us in our weakness. Like he prefers us a lot of times to be weak because that's where he, we are dependent on him. So notice in ourselves of where we, we may have that fear of failure. I know I struggle with it. To what extent do I rely on the grace that's at my disposal, like with the sacraments in, in the Eucharist, in confession, and it can overcome any fear of failure that's in me to be a magnanimous man. Um, so we looked at meekness, right? Three virtues that I talked about thus far here. Fit Shepherd's meekness. If we remember meekness is... Um, power in control all right not in this world of talking about masculinity all the time it's like oh no we gotta we gotta push the femi- femininity feminism push of culture and because of feminism a lot of things about masculinity are just wrong no like the virtue of meekness is like we're like we want to be strong but meekness is right we talked about that the horse the harness the hork the 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 meek a horse the horse still has all of its power, but it's in control. And then the virtue of studiousness, and then today, the virtue of magnanimity. So let's be men who are meek. Let's be men that model the virtue of studiousness. That is that we strive for knowledge, um, good knowledge. And secondly, or thirdly, 
to be men that are magnanimous. And maybe lastly, just stress that with regards to the small things. Don't think necessarily big things to start new things, but how has all these choices faced me on my daily life? 